Hey, Radioheads. I hope that one day that eventually catches on. Anyway, I wanted to dedicate this episode to my little Furiosa. If you don't know what makes a rodent a rodent, or if you didn't know Furiosa is a rodent, essentially a rodent is a mammal whose incisors continuously grow and have no canine teeth. An incisor is a narrow-edged tooth at the front of the mouth adapted for cutting. In humans, there are four incisors in each jaw. Rodents make up the vast majority of mammals, and all of them are adorable. There are mice, rats, squirrels, prairie dogs, porcupines, beavers, guinea pigs, hamsters, gerbils, and capybaras. But back to my little Furiosa. She had an eye infection that I thought might have been caused by a sand bath that she had, but one of her incisors essentially didn't get ground down properly during chewing or eating, and it essentially became obsessed. Or obsessed? Obsessed. Anyway, it caused an infection that led over into her eye. Now, she had to have little rodent surgery, and she's on lots of medicine. I ask that everyone keep the little girl in her thoughts. I need to make sure that the infection doesn't spread to her lungs over the next couple of weeks, because if it does, um, there is a possibility that she can die. But like I said, she does have pain. She does have medicine. She's on antibiotics, and she's also on pain medicine, and she looks to be doing well. She may have lost all the sight in the eye. It would have been her left eye that got, got infected but rodents or essentially hamsters they don't really see well anyways so as much as I hate to say this it probably wouldn't really matter if she couldn't see out of that eye because she can still smell and still get around and she looks like she's been having fun when I was growing up all I wanted to be was a veterinarian Unfortunately, I'm allergic to everything under the sun, so I settled on being a medical doctor. Then I realized how much I uh, hated family physicians, and I also hate the healthcare system, so I decided to be a famous musician. That didn't work out. But then I decided to go into banking. Then once I got into banking, I realized that it's just a giant legal Ponzi scheme. Anyway, now I'm focused on building my media empire, and to do that, I decided to create a research and development arm for Age of Radio, which I actually encourage you to do for your company also. Find out why. Hey everyone, my name is Jeremy Quintanilla, and I'm going to present my life to you in the form of a podcast until my dying breath. I have a lot to do. I have to become a business magnet, run for city council, turn Arizona blue, fight for the people, and become the governor of the great 48 state. Yes, that's Arizona. This is The Age of Jeremy, season one, episode 13. Welcome to the Rad Race. It's time to kick the habit on. Coming clean, it's been a hell of a ride, but it's all caught up with me.
and the Gen Xers should remember this amazing sound. This is the 1987 Square, now Square Enix. That's the makers of Final Fantasy. This is their iconic 3D racing game, Rad Racer. Masafumi Miyamoto, the owner of Square, developed this game to show off programmer Nasir Gabelli's 3D programming techniques. I probably said all of those names completely wrong, but who fucking cares? Our new research and development department is named after this game, Rad Racer, where the Rad stands for Research and Development. I think it will help build a culture around our new Rad department because it will remind us of two things. One, innovation is a race to production. How do people become billionaires? Well, they're first, they do something better, or they cheat. And I want Age of Radio to do things first or be the first to come up with something. And I have to build that into, into our culture. Not only just the culture of me working on this by myself, but the everyday culture of the organization. Secondly, although Rad Racer was a success, Square, if it hadn't created Final Fantasy, would have probably gone bankrupt. It is always important to be innovating. So before we embark on the last 11 or so episodes of season one of Age of Jeremy, uh, those episodes will be about management and show construction. I wanted to spend an episode on innovation, and that is this episode. But first, let's go ahead and have a uh, quick break. is a podcast that goes deep and hard on topics such as ghosty ghosts, ubernatural, and the pair of normals. If you like jokes and skeptics, talking seriously about weird then Learning to Curse is the podcast for you. Oh yeah, for you. And you over there. And you. And your mom. I'm not Chuck. I'm not Adam. Join us every Sunday for Learning to Curse with Adam and Chuck. As everyone knows by now, I'm a socialist. Some would even call me a communist. I don't really believe in that whole revolution that uh, Che and uh, Fidel Castro did or Lenin did. I believe more in an evolution. And really the difference is, not to take too much time, is a revolution is, well, you take something over by force. An evolution is you use the current uh, structure of voting and the people vote in the Communist Party or the Socialist Party. And so essentially... I hate capitalism. And more importantly, I hate venture capitalists. And what is a venture capitalist, you might say, or you might ask? Well, we have a little cool audio clip that I stole from YouTube for you. So uh, here you go. This is Jack, recent graduate, professional engineer. Lately, Jack's been thinking about his cell phone. That's because every time he tries to call someone from the cottage, he invariably loses reception. But Jack thinks he might have a solution. He's designed a chip. It's no bigger than a fingernail, but Jack says with this chip, 
a cell phone could receive signals from twice the distance that a regular cell phone can. But it's just an idea. And if Jack wants to prove his theory, he needs to find some money. Chips like this don't make themselves. So he takes his idea to the bank, but they won't give him anything. Jack doesn't have much of a credit rating, and he's got nothing to put up as collateral. The bank can't be sure they'll get their money back. Dejected, but not deterred, Jack makes his way up to the fourth floor of a downtown office building. There he meets Jeannie, a venture capitalist. Jeannie sees a lot of promise in Jack's superchip, so she agrees to give him $500,000, more than enough to get production started. But Jeannie has some conditions. First, she wants to own 60% of the company, and second, she wants to have the final say on all important company decisions. That's fine with Jack. He accepts the conditions, Jeannie gives him the money, and they're off to the races. Jack builds his first chip, and it's a huge success. In less than a year, he's providing chips to every major cell phone company in the country. But Jeannie thinks the chip has gone as far as it can go, so she tells Jack it's time to sell the company. She finds a buyer, and the company sells for $15 million. Since Jack owns 40% of the company, he gets 40% of the profits, or $6 million. The remaining $9 million goes to Genie. So in this video, the investor's name, or the venture capitalist's name, was Genie. I want to say, fuck Genie. She didn't do shit. She won't do shit for the company, and she doesn't even know how to do shit that this company does. But... Genie will have a say in the production and in the profit. And essentially, that's what capitalism is. It's slightly better than feudalism. Now, I have an alternative solution. Why doesn't uh, that person learn how to do it themselves? Or why doesn't Genie learn how to be a part of the actual production process and creating this? But no, she just puts up the money. Now, if you're in this specific vote or boat or boat like I am, I believe that you should just learn how to do it yourself and then make some damn money, which is what I'm trying to do by learning how to computer program. Essentially, I've been spending the last two weeks focusing on C++ and PHP for two different projects, but I essentially tackle it how I tackled studying in college, and hopefully it will um, get me to be able to develop faster because of the amount of time um, that I'm putting into it. Now, whenever you don't get something through debt by like bonds or going to your local bank and getting out a loan, you essentially are giving up the ownership of your company. And that's essentially how capitalism works. Now, what you should do is learn how to do it yourself, get your finances in order, or find people that want to work for you or for the company and partner with you and give them shares of that ownership but not give it to just traditional investors. Also, Jeannie got 60% of the sale of the company. She didn't do a damn thing, but she put up all the capital. I don't see why that's so hard for people to understand how ridiculous capitalism is. It is very, very ridiculous. And this is just one scenario of how it works. But back to what I was talking about. I'm in need of programmers. Why am I in need of programmers? Well, we need to innovate. Now, I'm no capitalist, and I just explained that I hate them. I have a moral dilemma even for having a 401k and owning stocks. That's how much I hate capitalists. 
But that being said, I do need help. I'm not too naive to say that I can do everything by myself because it's just physically not possible. Now, I need someone who can help me with the following. I need help with PHP. I need help with database construction and data analytics, business intelligence, and I also need help with C++. I'm trying to accomplish the following things over the next year or so. Uh, create a hosting platform to create with Lipson, Podbean, uh, I think it's called Castos, um, Blueberry, and essentially the list can go on. Um, I also need help creating uh, in-time business intelligence for brands and creators about their shows. This is kind of where the analytics piece comes in and the database science. And then I also need to create an age of radio listening app. So I suppose I also need some Java programmers as well. Now, this specific piece of what the company's trying to do is mainly just about podcasts. Uh, but over the next three years, we'll also be releasing a line of audio plugins, which is why I need uh, people to help me with C++. Now, obviously, I can't pay you, but I will give you shares of our parent company, October Revolution Corporation. Uh, we'll have to talk about the details, but if you're interested, um, shoot me a message on Facebook at Age of Radio. So go to Facebook, go to Age of Radio, um, shoot me a message or, or find me... Um, under Jeremy Quintatore, so J-E-R-E-M-Y. Last name is Q-U-I-N-T... Quintatore? Q-U-I-N-T-A-T-O-R-R-E. It's amalgamation of my wife's and my last name. Um, she doesn't have my last name. I refuse to have her take my last name because of the brand of the Alatore Quintanilla uh, legacy that I want to do. But anyways, it's neither here nor there. Point of the story is, reach out to me on Facebook at Age of Radio or go to my personal Facebook page, uh, Jeremy Quintatore, and you can find me, leave me a message, and maybe we can work something out to work together. Before we go to another break, I have some sad but encouraging news. I have stopped the podcast awards, but only until I put a better strategy together. It's not going to be too long. Uh, the podcast awards will essentially be going to a different age of radio show. And I'm currently looking for a host for that show. So if you want to be a host for that show, shoot me a Facebook message, I guess. Um, I can't give out the name of the show yet because it's kind of in the works. Um, but essentially, it's going to be a... Um, kind of like a best of podcast themed show. Um, so if you're interested in that, I don't have a host for it. Um, shoot me a line on Facebook. I would love to hear what you have to say, or you can email me at jeremy.quintania at ageofradio.org. That probably would have been better for the other one as well. Yes. So if you're interested in any of this, you can shoot me an email at jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot Quintanilla, Q-U-I-N-T-A-N-I-L-L-A at ageofradio.org. Okay, let's go have that break. This is Jimmy S.S. Bones, where the extra S stands for extra sports. I'm the host of the Bones on Sports podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about hockey, we talk about football, we talk about baseball, we talk about anything happening in the sports world that I feel is relevant. I'll be releasing a podcast every two weeks. You can pick that podcast up on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. So please join me on Bones on Sports. I feel so alone, gonna end up a big old battle. 
So what's really the point of innovation? In your company, I don't care how small it is. It has to have a strategy. I deal with clients all day long that I talk to about their 2018 goals. They either don't trust me enough to tell me or don't know what the fuck they're doing. And it's usually the latter. The reason being that they they were good at something. These business owners, they were good at, say, construction. In the part of the country that I work with is mainly in Houston. Um, construction, energy, oil, um, consulting, mechanics, etc. And they give people... They they get people to give them money because they're good at what they do. And, and that's how most businesses start. So that's not really a bad thing. The bad thing is that's also why most businesses fail because they were only good at getting people to give them money, but they weren't good at growing their business. The first thing you need to do for your business is to lay out a plan of where you want your business to go and how you're going to get there. I'm very patient. Some people are not. So you may have to go get investors to back you so you can live while getting your business up and running. It's not a terrible thing. It's not, it's not aligned with me personally, but, um, for instance, we may be doing that with one of my other companies that aren't part of my parent organization. So it it does happen. I'm against it, but it's not my company. Like this is my company. So you may want to reach out to investors to do that. Um, but let's say you start going and you need to have a, um, strategy for what you're going to do. And you're going to need to have a strategy for those investors of how you're going to get profit so you can pay them. But you also need to have a culture, which I'm going to talk about in in another episode over the second half of the season. But what I want to talk about now is innovation because you'll need to have innovation. Our innovation department, we are calling Rad Racer. You don't have to do anything like that. That's just nostalgia for me. Um, and, and mainly I need to learn how to program. So I want it to be part of something that, that I enjoy and that inspires me. And that's the culture that I'm trying to create. What you do need to do is set time aside to think of how to continuously innovate. And what I mean by that is that you have to constantly be thinking of new ways to solve problems for your clients or customers based on your mission. Once you think of a new problem to solve that is tied to your mission, you work on it. The working on it part is the research and development part. The thinking of it combined with the research and development, that's the innovation piece. Our mission at Age of Radio is to shape the universe by providing products and services for individuals and companies to share their stories. We believe that every person and brand have a story to share, and we want to help them share that story currently through podcasts, but eventually other outlets. We do this with four core brands, Age of Radio Syndicate, Age of Radio Branded, Age of Radio 9, and Age of Radio Mercury. Our goal as an entity is to be an innovator for people and brands to share their stories. Everything we do is to meet this specific goal. If we focus on on meeting that goal, we're never going to fail. We'll probably have some bumps and bruises along the way, but in the long run, we're not going to fail. And my definition of failure is giving up and closing the doors. The innovation is what led us to want to master the analytics of the podcast game. And with that learning and understanding of analytics, we can go past podcasting. For analytics to work, we have to get data from consumers and companies. Then we need to have them host on host their RSS feeds with us. That's why we came up with the podcast hosting piece of it. 
But to not really go into this piece because it's kind of getting a little off track, what, what's important is that you're making your company impactful through continuous innovation. The only way for your company to stand the test of time and hopefully make you a millionaire or billionaire is through this innovation piece. You need to constantly find new solutions for your customers and your industry. If it, if it, if you can't do this, then you will eventually shut your doors and fail or sell it off. And this isn't for the faint of heart. So what can you do to get going? Well, I came up with a couple of steps, six, six things that you can do. One, you need to have a mission for your company or a vision statement that drives the focus of the purpose behind your company. Once you come up with that, you're going to need to have a business plan. Even if it's a very simple business plan, it can be a living, breathing document that guides you. Sometimes I get off path. Sometimes I think of something. I know that I went to Jimmy Bones and talked to him about all this cool shit that I want to do for Age of Radio Sports, but it wasn't part of this portion of our business plan. So I had to come back and say, okay, we need to really follow this business plan because I believe that this is going to work. And then we can add in these other pieces. Once you have that business plan, you need to create a culture around your mission. This can be with your employees. It can be by yourself. It can be with your family. And it can be really annoying to people because you really need to pick at it because you want this culture to be seen by everybody that thinks of your company. For example, when people ask my wife what I do for a living, she says something to the extent that I have a very successful job at a bank that I hate. I own a fitness company and then last because I'm out of shape <laughs> and I own a podcast company. The culture of age of radio is not that it's a podcast company. It's a media company. I repeat, it's not a podcast company. It's a media company. One of our outlets are podcasting. We will eventually be in the data mining game. We'll eventually be in the audio plugin game. We'll eventually be in the audio hardware game, the sports media game. We are not a podcast company. We are a media company. Make sure that everyone you know and everyone that you let be a part of your company, make sure that they understand this and they follow the mission statement. And this will start to build the culture. I'm going to devote a whole episode to culture. It is something that you really need to start thinking of right now. Number four, set time aside every week or month or every other month, as long as it's consistent. Sit down and look at your customers and your industry and what problems you can solve. Once you do that, then take those ideas to a mastermind group and see what they think. A mastermind group is a group of entrepreneurs that share ideas and help hold each other accountable. John Vasquez, my business partner for JV Impacts, is he's in two mastermind groups. Um, one's a high-level mastermind group that he's in, and then the other one is a mastermind group that I'm in with him. Um, we have some other um, entrepreneurs in it, and it's called the Avengers Mastermind Group, obviously named after the Avengers, but it's the Avengers Mastermind Group, and it's really fun, and it's a great way for you to share ideas and for other people to hold you accountable. And then the last thing is spend time developing your ideas and get them to the market as soon as possible, as long as the kinks are worked out. If the kinks aren't worked out, then you're going to have some problems. But take your time, work out the kinks, but get it out there as fast as possible. Because if you're the first to something, you're going to make a shitload of money. Now, if you're a business owner, I encourage you to do this right away. 
If you don't do this right away, your competitors are going to do it and they will eventually buy you. A great book that talks a little bit about this is called um, All In by Bill Green. It's a very easy read, but inspiring. And it's essentially about innovation, but it's not about technology. And that's one of the biggest things. Innovation for me is a lot to do with technology because of what Age of Radio is going to do. But innovation doesn't always have to be about technology. It's about solving problems for your customers or for the world or for the environment or for whatever the key, whatever it, whatever your mission is, tie it to your mission. And when you look at the problems that are tied around that mission of what you're trying to do for the world and you solve those, you'll be a very successful business. Also, one other word of advice, um, because I, I told you to read um, All In by Bill Green. Reading is very, very important. Um, I, I don't think people understand that enough, especially when they're in business or even when they're trying to be a CEO for a company. Um, so it's not just just... Uh, it's not just applied to running your own business, just being an individual or being a human. It's really important. William Faulkner, he said in this quote, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, essentially read everything, whether it's good or bad, read everything and then critique it. And this has stayed me since I was a man in my twenties. I also encourage you to read the unabridged, unabridged version of Les Miserables. It taught me a few mechanical concepts about the way we learn so, for example, the longest that I could read a novel before I read Les Mis was about one to two hours. Then my thoughts would really wander. What I did was, was I would be reading and then I would start thinking about, you know, watching TV or playing video games or what was going on in the world. And it, it was very frustrating because I could only get through one to two hours of reading and there was so much more reading that needed to be done. So what I did was I would schedule time a few times a week that was right outside my attention window. For example, if I knew that I could read for two hours, I would read for two hours and 15 minutes. Then the following week, reading blocks of time that I, I carved out, I would read for two hours and 30 minutes, always moving up 15 minute increments. The last sitting that I had with that book, I read for nine hours. Now, I don't know if everybody's going to be able to get to that length. And to be honest, I don't even know if that's really that long. Um, I've studied for a lot longer than that. But sitting and reading a novel, for me, that was a, a, a big feat, was getting to that nine-hour mark. I encourage everyone to train yourself to read for long periods of time. This means that you'll be able to knock out other books much quicker because your attention is stronger and you can read for, again, that longer period of time. The other thing that Les Mes did was it made every other book I read a walk in the park, which means you can now like read nonfiction and biographies so much easier, or at least for me. I don't know if that's going to work for everybody, but I would imagine it would because you're reading something more complex that it makes the other reads so much easier. Anyway, it's just some food for thought, uh, and I encourage you to read everything, especially if you want to move up in this world, whether it's in business, whether it's in your own industry, always stay up on the new topics, and again, always be innovating, even in your personal life. If you're listening to this in the morning, have a good afternoon. If you're listening to this in the afternoon, have a good evening. If you're listening to this in the evening, have a good night. When I look into your eyes, I wonder how the hell you got so far from under all the things that we 
been through If I steal the well you'll navigate And pick a song I like We'll show up late to our funeral Past the town where I was born Now we belong nowhere I got no place to fall if you can't get enough Age of Radio, head on over to ageofradio.org. If you like the music we play on this show, check out fatrecords.com, epitaph.com, and hopelessrecords.com. Most of the music is from them. I do pay for the songs, but I don't license it, so essentially I'm stealing their music. Our opening song was Neck Deep, The Motion Sickness, off their 2017 acclaimed album, The Peace and the Panic. Our closing song today was Strung Out, Town of Corazon, available to hear on Fat Records' YouTube channel. This episode was recorded in my closet. To record this little gym, we used the Zoom H6 and the Audio-Technica shotgun mic. We used Steinberg's Cubase to mix and master. Make sure to subscribe to Learning to Curse, JV Impacts, and Bones on Sports on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be introducing your ears to new shows soon. Check you later. Because you and I both know there's no place to hide Just time alone It's days like these When all the world makes perfect sense We finally see without a rise We know we can handle this If tomorrow takes it all away we still got more Than we'll ever know So close your eyes We made it back to the town of Corazon Yes, ships sink faster than the sun Your life jacket will save no one This ain't no place to lose your mind I'm getting out of mind It's days like these When all the world makes perfect sense Finally see without our eyes To know we can handle this If tomorrow takes it all away We still got more than we'll ever know So close your eyes We made it back to the town of Corazon